Welcome to the Harvard Alumni for Education podcast. Uh, This is Emily here from the Boston chapter, and I'm here with uh, the co-founders of Break Time, a really exciting uh, new initiative from two students, um, Tony and Connor. So I'd love for you to introduce yourselves and to hear about Break Time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us, Emily. My name is Tony Shu, and I am a junior at Harvard College. I was born in Iowa, raised in Wellesley, Massachusetts, and I'm currently concentrating in sociology at the college. And my name is Connor Schoen. I'm really excited to be here as well. Thank you, Emily. Um, I am currently a junior slash senior at the college. I'm in my third year, but I'll be graduating on advanced standing this year. I study applied math uh, with a focus in economics, and I'm originally from Westboro, Massachusetts. So Tony and I are both from Central Mass originally, um, or I guess Wellesley, Eastern Mass. I don't really know how to define that. Um, but we're both from the area. And when we got to Harvard, uh, both having had experience working in nonprofit, we really wanted to find something here that made us passionate, something here that really got us going, and something ideally that we could explore in an entrepreneurial context. So the conception of break time really happened when Tony and I met and became close working at Y2Y, which is a shelter in Harvard Square, um, and talking to guests there about the challenges they were having, um, obtaining a job and also maintaining that job, really got us inspired to want to work, look more at this issue. So the guests at Y2Y are young adults experiencing homelessness ages 18 to 24. So we got really interested in this specific subpopulation and began to explore more Um, what challenges they were facing and how we could help. Yeah, and so when we thought about what is already being done in the nonprofit space around youth homelessness, the first thing we went to was talk to the different vocational training programs that exist in the Boston area that serve this population. And we talked to a lot of nonprofits and also talked to a lot of young adults experiencing homelessness who had gone through those training programs. And what we were hearing over and over again was that even after completing and graduating from a training program, the majority of those graduates who are young adults experiencing homelessness were still unemployed one year after graduating. And so what we noticed was this this strange puzzle in that there are these motivated young adults who um, are talented and skilled and want to work, and there are many job openings in our economy but there just seems to be this gap between the two and, and it's hard to, to pair up them um, to make things work. And so we noticed this as a puzzle and wanted to do more research um, into why that's happening and also to look at the solutions. Yeah, the, this workforce development issue that Tony um, is talking about there is something that we've always really been interested in from you know the academic context and something that obviously a lot of people around the world are concerned about. Um, I actually recently went to Tokyo for a week and talked with people there about the workforce development challenges that they're having. And I'm really starting to realize how it's a ubiquitous problem across the globe. From an education context, that means there needs to be a lot of work done to help fill these skill gaps that exist and help get people who need jobs into job into companies that are really looking for employees. Um, Beyond this kind of technical issue, Tony and I really got into break time and have stuck with it for over a year and a half now because we felt very personally invested in the mission. Um, For me, I was very uh, heartbroken really to hear when I was working at the shelter that about 40% of young adults experiencing homelessness are LGBTQ. 
Um, I myself identify as LGBTQ and around the time I was coming out is actually when I was working at the shelter. And just being in that community and seeing how prideful people there were about their identities, despite everything that had happened to them, despite the fact that part of the reason they're homeless is because they had come out, um, really inspired me to come out and to be more prideful about my own identity. So having been so motivated and so um, just having my life changed by this experience made me want to really give back to this community that had taught so much to me. Yeah. And, and for me, the, the challenges of homelessness and employment in particular are so important um, because of my mother. And so I was, I was raised by a single mother who immigrated from China. And when she first moved here um, in her 20s, she actually moved to Kansas and didn't have any money, did not speak English, and did not have a place to live for the first several months and was living out of a used car in a parking lot. Um, and to her, you know, there weren't many opportunities. Um, she ultimately found a job as a dishwasher at a Chinese restaurant in the city. Um, and even though she was making minimum wage, you know, she wasn't doing very glamorous work, she describes that first job as what really set her on the path of, of her American dream and made her feel like she could support herself financially, made her feel like you know, there was a chance for her to succeed in this new country. And we saw that, um, and we saw that you know, there's so much power and um, meaning in this kind of work. You know, in developing this routine, in developing good habits, developing this self-confidence. And it's that confidence that allowed my mother to become um, an entrepreneur today. And all of the privilege I've had growing up and going to school is because of her and ultimately because of that first job that gave her that chance. And so when we learned about that, that there were so many young adults experiencing homelessness in Boston who just don't have that chance to get their foot in the door, we thought, you know, there must be a way that we could support them. And so ultimately, the mission of Break Time is to launch the careers of young adults experiencing homelessness through transitional employment and empowerment. Um, yeah, so we kind of came up with that because of all the experience we had talking directly with guests, but also talking with the nonprofits in the areas Tony had mentioned. And we really wanted to be in a space where we could add value to the work other people were doing and really add value um, and a sense of hope to the lives of these young people. Um, so for us, our kind of approach to this is three-pronged. So as Tony mentioned, there's direct employment as well as vocational training and also career mentorship to really help build people's social capital um, so that they can comfortably advance in their career. So our, the first iteration of Break Time's movement of social change was our transitional employment pilot program, which we did for about six months starting in around October of 2018, um, and ending in early 2019. Um, so this was fairly recent. It was kind of our first chance to really test things out. We hired five young adults experiencing homelessness and the way we were able to get work for them was we partnered with local businesses, a lot of local food businesses, um, coffee companies, and other businesses in the area that just weren't getting the employees they needed. They just would put out flyers saying, you know, hiring now, we need people, and no one was coming to their door because unemployment rate in Massachusetts, I think, is now under 2%. Um, and these companies don't have a lot of attractive benefits to offer. So they were really in need of people. Um, and that's why we developed what we call our break time staffing model 
to really address this challenge in while creating really quality opportunities for young adults experiencing homelessness. And we realize that the value that we provide as an organization is really as a bridge, a point of connection between a training program and the rest of the workforce. So the five young adults experiencing homelessness that we worked with, most of them had graduated from vocational training programs, but could not get their foot in the door into a full-time position because employers still wanted to see they had um, some work experience. So that's where break time came in. So we you know, created these transitional employment opportunities that paid $15 an hour. Uh, we were able to test out some of our um, training programs. Uh, we trained our employees in direct sales, in marketing and distribution. And we also matched each of them up with a career mentor. And the learnings that we took away from this pilot program is one, that our employees really loved engaging with customers directly. They love being on the front lines, speaking with people, also having their voices heard. They didn't want to be um, behind the scenes or in a warehouse or just on the computer. <clears throat> and um, we also learned that the transitional employment we provide actually works in launching careers. As one example, um, we hired a woman named Erica who had been homeless for the previous five years. And she had um, gone through a training program and, and was still unemployed. And when she found out about break time and we hired her, she was working with us for approximately six months and we were able to place her at a higher paying position sewing for the US Navy. And the way she got that job was because she had gained experience at break time, was able to put that on her resume, was able to use us as her referral. Um, and her new employer trusted her, trusted us, and gave her that chance. And she really, really flourished in that position. And in just a few months, Erica was promoted. And because she was promoted and making a higher wage, just this past summer, she was able to afford to move into her first apartment. So what we saw was that you know employees were both enjoying this transitional employment, but were also really benefiting from getting that chance to showcase who they are and then getting connected with higher paying positions and truly flourishing because they are talented and motivated and skilled. Yeah, I'm. that's really exciting, uh, really exciting example. I'm interested to hear more about, um, you know, how you source the participants in your program. Is there an application process or do they, you know, come recommended from some of your community partners or how does that work? Yeah, so what we do, Emily, is that we work with a lot of different nonprofits in the area, a few dozen nonprofits who are engaged in working with young adults experiencing homelessness, whether that's shelters, uh, case managers who um, handle things such as housing, mental health, um, and other needs for these individuals, uh, local educational programs, other vocational training programs, all of these places, which are all across Boston, are working directly with these individuals uh, on a daily basis, and they intimately know their needs. Mm -hmm. So our uh, contacts and liaisons at these organizations are able to tell us, hey, we have someone who would really benefit from break times programming. Um, you know, what we do is specific, so we want to make sure that people who are referred are going to be people who really benefit from the opportunity. 
Um, so like Erica, for example, she was referred by Bridge Over Trouble Waters. They're amazing. They work with 18 to 24 year olds exclusively, and they do a lot of case management work across the spectrum of services. Um, and, you know, finding her through that really made it a good fit right from the beginning. And I think that allows us to kind of accelerate the pace of our impact um, because we know that the person we're working with is, is, is really going to going to benefit from this experience. So your partners kind of support them in, you know, a lot of challenges they experience in their lives. And then you see yourselves as providing an additional opportunity, additional resource, additional mentoring to really take them to, to make that transition into employment. Precisely. We see ourselves as trying to be the best employers we possibly can be for this population. And we do want to focus our energy on this employment piece. But even within employment, you know, there is the direct employment getting paid, there is the supplemental vocational training, and there is this career mentorship part, which is part of building their network of social capital. So even with employment, there are some um, you know, subgroups of services that we provide, but we also understand that um, there are so many great organizations that we can work with rather than trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, and so we, what we see ourselves as doing is building off of and standing on the shoulders of these great nonprofits in the Boston area. That's awesome. Um, and in light of this and the successes that you have had, I'd love to hear you know, where you see break time one year from now, five years from now. You know, what's in the pipeline? Yeah, so uh, we were so, so thrilled by the success of our pilot program. Um, beyond Erica, we were able to help other uh, young adults experiencing homelessness get jobs. In some cases, they got two, three part-time jobs, and they're still working so hard in all those jobs to get the savings they need to afford to live in the city. Um, and because of all that exciting work and just the really amazing relationships we formed through that work, um, we've decided to try to scale our impact. So to do that, we will be opening up a cafe in Boston that will be staffed entirely by young adults experiencing homelessness and not only provide direct employment and skills training directly through the cafe, but also be a physical space where, you know, thousands and thousands of customers will be coming through. They can leave their business card. They can sign up to be a career mentor. It'll allow them to interface directly with our employees, which as Tony mentioned, is so valuable, help them feel more supported, help them feel more included in the community. And then secondarily, we're also, you know, we're in the design, we're in the architectural design process of the space right now. And we're planning on having a room that's fully dedicated to, um, to employee training. So bringing in corporate partners um, who can do financial literacy trainings, who can do um, Excel, Google, Google Suite, Microsoft Office, um, really the, any skills that are going to be really helpful to them in the, in the workplace. Um, even things like building a resume um, or preparing applications if they're doing college or some educational program. I'm really excited about the fact of the, everything that a physical space could, could provide for us. And the Break Time Cafe is also our organization's revenue generating model. So in thinking of how can we make transitional employment financially sustainable for our organization, um, we see you know, Cafe as a great way to create this customer-facing work, to engage the community, to create this physical space, as Connor mentioned, but also to generate revenue that will both pay our employees as well as fund our programming. 
So there, there's many benefits. Um, we are also working with uh, a local nonprofit in the Boston area called Community Work Services, and they're a nonprofit that also does vocational training work with people with disabilities. And so we are um, partnering with them both programmatically um, and and financially to make this um, to make this happen and to also benefit as many people as possible. They have a culinary training program. Um, and we hope to partner with them in terms of creating um, and cooking the food while, so, while we can focus on the, the customer service, the client-facing role with our employees. That's awesome. Um, and as you're kind of thinking ahead to this cafe, um, I'm curious how many homeless youth would be involved in the cafe and, and even now generally, you know, how long is someone in your program and, you know, when do you determine that they're ready to move on to the next step? Yeah, so you mentioned kind of laying out a, a framework for the next year and then the next five years. So to kind of tie those two questions together, um, for the next year, um, we hope to be able to open the cafe um, sometime in the late winter or spring of um, uh, the beginning of 2020. And once we're able to do that, right off the bat, we can hire between 10 and 15 young adults experiencing homelessness. We're pursuing a cohort model where they would be part of our program for approximately one year. Um, so during the first year, we'd really be working with our um, first employees, our first sales associates and assistant managers who are going to be running this cafe, who are going to be getting this off the ground, who are going to be doing all of the exciting legwork to make this possible. Um, and by the end of the first year, we anticipate then bringing on a new cohort and see refining our model, seeing how we can improve. And by the end of five years, ideally we'll have employed at least 75 people. But by that point, um, if we haven't scaled to multiple, even if we haven't scaled to multiple locations, we hope to be creating more opportunities for young adults experiencing homelessness outside of just the cafe. Um, we see ourselves as I mentioned previously, also as um, kind of a staffing organization that can really work with employers in the area to help prepare underserved populations to work in unfilled roles and really bridge that skill gap that's causing a lot of issues in the United States and around the world. So in the next five years, I hope that we can actually get to a point where we're able to focus on that issue as well and create many, many, many more opportunities there and be able to scale from that point, that nexus of being able to, to bridge that gap um, and benefit both employers and young adults experiencing homelessness. But I'll let Tony expand on that. That's really exciting. Um, so I imagine, you know, a lot of our listeners are really excited about the work you're doing and that they might want to get involved. So, you know, how can they? There are plenty of ways to get involved. Um, first, check out our website at www.breaktime.us. And um, you can learn more about us, but also see different ways to help. Um, you'll find our contact information. And for our direct email, you can contact us at info at breaktime.us. And we would um, love to connect with you if you have ideas, ideas for collaborations, feedback on our model, um, ideas regarding vocational training and the educational aspect. If you're interested in making a contribution, there's a donate page. 
And so we are currently undergoing our fundraising process, and we've got um, a couple of really exciting sponsors and partners um, from the Forest Foundation to Eastern Bank to hundreds of individual donors. Um, and so we are on our way to reaching our goal of $250,000 to launch the Break Time Cafe. And as Connor mentioned, the, this first cafe is only the beginning. And with the staffing model, um, we, you know, we see that as a future point of expansion in terms of filling existing need as well as helping more young adults outside of the cafe. But we really see the cafe as step one in establishing ourselves as the premier organization that works with young adults experiencing homelessness in terms of training, employment, and mentorship. And we really want to establish that strong foundation as an organization before we think about that kind of expansion. And so this, this cafe, this first round of funding is critically important to us as an organization and as we become financially sustainable. Um, and so um, we really hope that um, you listeners reach out. We would love to set up a coffee chat or a phone call. Um, we would love to share our story, but also hear yours um, and find ways to collaborate because we found that um, in, in this world, in this industry, the resources are already out there. It's just a matter of putting things together, um, you know, putting together the right ideas and people and magical things are happening and can continue to happen when we just make those connections. And that is what Break Time does as an organization is, you know, bridging the gap, making those connections. Um, and we hope that can happen as well as we develop this organization. Yeah, I really can't express enough how much this organization means to us and how important it has been to our lives and our development and our growth personally. And um, we are so passionate to be continuing with it. Um, Tony and I are both graduating soon and we'll be continuing with Break Time once we graduate too. So this is our lives now and we're so, so excited about that. So if you're excited about what we're doing, please connect. We'd love to, to talk with you. We'd love to figure out how we can collaborate, partner, um, idea share, anything. Um, yeah, we're just so excited about everything that's going on. So, and so excited to be on this podcast. Yeah, and a lot of our a lot of our listeners have a lot of experience, you know, in various aspects of education. And before we started recording, you were speaking a little bit about your vision for kind of education and on the job training and additional training, uh, you know, that break time would provide. So, if, could you talk a little bit? more yeah, about that and how, how some people could get involved? Yeah, so Tony and I have always seen break time as really um, kind of in between the education space, really at the middle of the education space, and the entrepreneurial space, and the nonprofit space. And we find that really exciting because all of those in parts working together is going to create a lot of impact. For education specifically, we um, want to be able to launch a learning management system or LMS to ideally host some online content that our employees could engage with so that outside of work hours, they could be learning how to use Microsoft Excel, they could be learning how to write a good email, these things that are really, really important for almost any job. Creating these universally applicable work skills is really something that we're aiming to do over the course of the year, the, their year of employment. Um, beyond that, we're really still considering different ways of formatting our overall approach to this. So we've thought about, you know, the online LMS style of learning. We've also thought a lot about how, you know, some in-person um, 
you know, group sessions might work, whether that's, you know, one on three, one on two, one on one, or one on 20, like larger class size. Um, we are open to all ideas and open to feedback about what works and what doesn't. Tony and I um, are not teachers, so um, we appreciate any advice when it comes to that and how to optimize our employees' experience. Uh, and also how to identify what resources are really going to help us to, to launch their careers uh, most effectively. Great. So is there anything else uh, that you would like to share? Yeah. I mean, I would like to share um, something one of our employees told us um, after our pilot program. We asked them, you know, what does break time really mean to you? Like, what do you see break time as? And we were, we were curious today, do our employees see it as a career? Do they see it as, you know, educational program? Do they see it as, um, you know, something? Um, and what was really striking is that employee after employee first primarily described it as um, a family. And that is exactly um, what we are trying to create, is this loving community of people who are willing to give you a chance, are willing to you know, work through all of the challenges that you face and really uncover the talents that everyone has within them. Um, and for this population of young adults who live without support of their families, you know, it can be really tough to find their communities, especially when they're likely in a different city, far away from you know, everything they know. And so we hope that beyond just providing employment, that break time can truly create this family atmosphere um, that these young adults really need and could really benefit from. And you know, we call our community the break time family and that more broadly includes everyone who is involved from mentors to educators to our own advisors. Um, and we are looking forward to hopefully welcoming some of you into the break time family yeah. as well. If you want to be a career mentor, if you want to help teach a lesson, if you want to just come into the cafe space, be a donor, be a sponsor, be an advocate, uh, let us know. We're always welcoming more people into the break time family to really change as many lives as we can. Well, great. Um, I'm really excited for you guys, excited about the cafe. Can't wait to check it out um, this winter.